Hey everybody, I'm so thankful, so glad you tuned in. Whether you're listening this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you're listening, I'm so thankful that you tuned in today. I hope that something you say today touches you, blesses you. Listen, I have a very, very exciting topic with some very, very special guests that I just met a couple weeks ago. Um, no, I'm just kidding. They're my parents. So I've known them for you know my whole life, so we're, we've gotten pretty close, but... Uh, I'm so, 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 so excited to have them on yes. uh, today. We're going to be talking on the topic of how to raise godly children, how to raise godly children in today's culture, in today's time, in today's world. So real quick, mom and dad, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hello, everybody. I'm Gary. Uh, I was born and raised in New York. And uh, I'm excited to be here to help anybody that may need some help and guidelines and uh, help with raising children, raising godly children in a crazy wild world. And I'm a school teacher and we'll let Becky share something from there. Sure, my name is Becky and I am Isaac and Isaiah's mom. Very honored that God chose me to be that. And Gary and I have been married for 30 years and I work in the marketing industri industry excuse me, for a Fortune 500 company. And Gary and I are also very active in our local church, serving in youth ministry and uh, married couples ministry before. And also I've done some things in the women's ministry. And talking about children is a passion of ours because, you know, watching and seeing what's going on in our world today, um, our children need godly wisdom and input in their lives more than ever before. Absolutely. So before we get into this, I just want to kind of give you all some background on, uh, and I wasn't really planning on this, but if you all wouldn't mind, just share the testimony about the fact that uh, myself and my brother even exist today. So if you all wouldn't just mind to, sh to share that testimony about how you weren't supposed to have children. I'll share, I'll share first. Um, when Becky was told that uh, due to some circumstances uh, that we couldn't have kids, uh, the Lord had just put a scripture on my heart, Exodus 23, 25, and 26. It says, But you shall serve the Lord your God, and he'll bless your bread and bless your water and take sickness and disease away from the midst of thee. And the latter part of the next verse says, And there will be none barren among you, which means male or female. So we stood on that scripture, and um, lo and behold, uh, after a few things, went on and continued prayer. Uh, here we had Isaac and Isaiah. So I'll let Becky share a little bit about, about that as well. Yeah, back in, I believe it was, well, we got married in 1990. And um, we knew right off, there was just a desire to have children. And of course, as a wife and a woman, you know, that was something that I had dreamed of since my childhood. And I was diagnosed with endometriosis in the fourth stage. And like Gary mentioned, we went through procedures, surgeries, and just nothing was successful. And it got down to the place where we had to make a decision and take some measures to keep my health good versus having children. And we were devastated. I'll never forget mm -hmm. the day that we received that news. And we asked the doctor if he would give us 30 days. You know, of course, we wanted to pray and seek godly counsel about what to do. And long story short, when we went back for the 30-day period, we found out that I was pregnant. And it was truly a miracle. The doctors were completely astounded at how it happened. 
And of course, because of my age and the challenges that we had faced, I had been um, classified as a high-risk pregnancy. So I was all the time being monitored and can just say to the glory of God, had a perfect pregnancy with no complications and have delivered you know, two healthy children. Um, and God was just faithful during that whole time. You know, of course, we went through the thing that I believe that all people go through when you are standing and believing God for children is, you know, there were months that we faced disappointment and there was months that we faced discouragement. Um, but we can truly say that God was with us during those times. Yes, absolutely. I just felt led to share that because I think that there may be people listening today that maybe you have lost faith. You, maybe you've been praying, believing, uh, not only for yourself to have children, or maybe you have a child, or maybe you're a parent or a guardian, and uh, you know, you're believing that your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter would come to know uh, Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. So I just wanted to build some faith um, that right as you're getting into this, to, you can you can hear faith and uh, and be stirred by faith and knowing that if God is no respecter of person Amen. and He did it Absolutely. for them, He can do it for you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's just dive right into things real quick, if that's all right with you all. Uh, let's, let's just uh, say this. What is one, if you could pick one thing, if you could pick one thing, uh, in particular, of the most important thing to instill into your children on how to be raised, how to be taught, how to be imparted, and to raise up godly men and women, what would that one thing look like? What would that one thing be? Wow, there's there's yeah. a, a, a million <laughs> things go through your mind trying to figure out True. what would come to the top, to the surface, and obviously putting God first. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's so many things, and they're like, they're all close to the top, but um, the Bible does say uh, in Proverbs twenty two six to you know raise a child up in the in the ways of the Lord, and when they get older, they'll not depart from that. And I think sometimes what what parents do, they'll raise their kid up in a in a God in church, and they don't see the fruit of what they expected to see. Mm-hmm. and they just turn the switch of faith off, and they think, well, it's not going to work, and they kind of give up on the whole thing. But we got to mm-hmm. stand in faith and believe and trust God that, you know, at His Word, what He says will come to pass, because obviously it says when they get older, they'll not depart from it, which lets us know that there may be a time that they do depart from it, but they will come back to it. So mm-hmm. that would be, you know, putting God first and keeping them involved, and there's there's a lot of a lot of different things, but that's what came up in my spirit first. I think as parents or even, you know, the world that we live in today, there are a lot of different dynamics to parenting. And I may be jumping ahead on this, but, you know, you have single parents, you have different guardians of children, you know, grandparents, aunts and uncles now. And I think in whatever the scenario may be, it's so important to have a plan on how you will parent. And, you know, Habakkuk 2.2 tells us to clearly write the vision and make it plain so that they can run with it. I think a plan on how you're going to parent is so important. What, you know, what disciplinary actions that you plan on taking, how you will handle certain situations. I think that uh, having a plan and agreeing on that plan and letting that plan be known to your children is really, really important. So to someone listening right now, and, and 
you know, we're just kind of being led by the Spirit right now and just kind of going with the flow. Just to someone listening right now, whether you're a single mom, single dad, you're a grandmother, grandfather, and you're raising a child or children by yourself, and you have doubts, you have fears of, are, are they going to walk in the plans of the Lord? Are they going to uh, chase after God? Are they going to fulfill? Am I doing my job the way that I could? Uh, knowing that it's so hard, what would you what would you say to someone like that? That's a single parent. Um, maybe maybe they were married uh, and they got divorced, and the the spouse left them, or maybe they're just they were uh, a single parent, and you know they never were married, but they're they're raising a child or children. What would you say to uh, someone that's listening that, that is living in that, or that's the card they've been dealt, so to speak? What would you say to someone like that? Well, obviously, what I would say is if they were in church before, you know, the divorce or whatever, you have to be consistent with them. If they weren't, then you need to get them in church, but you have to keep them actively involved. And that's why it's vitally important to the church that you attend has to have something for children that's actively involving them, that keeps them, you know, their minds turned towards the things of God, uh, same as a youth group as they go up through school. But, um, you definitely have to keep God first and continue to pray and just try to be consistent and uh, just continue to pray. And you have to, you have to live that lifestyle mm-hmm. at home. You can't you can't just take them to church and Sunday school and tell them you know pawn them off to somebody and let them tell them about God. But when you get home, you live a lifestyle that's contrary to that because that sends mixed messages and that that just confuses them. It's a you know, that just proves to be a double-minded man that's unstable in all his ways. And you just have to, you have to be consistent with them, you know. Be real to them with the Bible, you know. Pray and, and pray with them. And I remember it brings up a, something when you all were younger, um, an ambulance would go by and we would we would all put our hands towards the ambulance no matter where we were, whether we were in a car or out in the backyard or something. And, you know, we would pray over, you know, a safe trip for the ambulance and whoever wherever it's going, that whatever or whoever is involved, that their hand would be upon the, the technicians and the emergency EMTs and the patients or whatever, that they would be, you know, healthy, whole and strong. And, and I remember we kind of, it, it was, there was a long time where we didn't hear an ambulance or something and we kind of let it go. And then one time uh, an ambulance went by and, you know, we didn't have to bring it up, either you or Isaiah had said, let's pray for them or something, and or they just, you all automatically did it. So it, it's just a lifestyle that you have to live before them. I think, too, Isaac, like you mentioned, what would you give advice to someone that, you know, feels maybe defeated in the parenting aspect of life? You know, you have to realize that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and the thoughts of, I'm not doing well enough, I'm not doing good enough, I'm not a good parent, or I've made mistakes, or this has happened in my life, I think you have to recognize where those thoughts come from and realize that the enemy is just wanting to keep you in a defeated state. I think you have to really, as Gary mentioned, make sure you're in a church where you're hearing the Word of God, where you are getting yourself built up and equipped to handle parenting. Because so many people think that parenting stops when the child turns 18. It doesn't. You're always a parent. The parenting way changes as your children become adults, um, but you're you're always a parent. And I think every parent deals with 
um, the enemy attacking your mindset of I'm not good enough or I haven't been good enough. And you just have to realize that that's just the enemy and rebuke it and fill yourself with the word of God and move on. So good. So I had this question, and uh, I was going to get to this later, but we've we've mentioned church several times. Uh, what? How? How does finding a good church? What is the importance of finding a church for your children to be a part of? How How important is that? How important is that? Well, for me, I think being part of a local church that believes the word is important, but I, I want to specify something, Isaac, that's always really been heavy on my heart. We can say finding a good church to raise your children in, and that's good, but what we have to make sure that we have is a relationship with our Heavenly mm-hmm. Father, yeah. because I have known families and had acquaintances that have taken their children to church very religiously, never missed a service, were there constantly, had their children involved in all the different aspects, but never formed that relationship. So I think what we need to encourage parents and families to do is make sure your children have that foundation from the Word, just general Bible stories. You know, I remember growing up, my parents all the time told us the story of David and Goliath, knowing the ark, mm-hmm. Moses, and all those faith-building stories. And I know a lot of families these days, unfortunately, don't have a rich heritage, you know, with parents that maybe raised them up in church. But you can you can start at any time. But back back to what you said, Isaac, is making sure they know the path and have a relationship with the Lord before pushing being involved in church constantly. Yeah. I think it's really, it's vitally important because I think finding a good church, I, to me, a church is is an extension of what is already going on in the home. Um, it complements or should complement what's going on in the home. So if I'm, you know, raising a child up in the ways of the Lord in my home, I need to take them to a church that's going to complement or, uh, you know, will only further or increase their faith in the things of God, not, you know, it shouldn't be, well, when we come home, we're not going to do this, but when we go to church, we're going to do this. It has to be consistent. Um, so it's it's vitally important. Consistency, Isaac, in parenting is so important. I want to kind of play off, Gary's mentioned that word a couple times. When you have a parenting plan or whatever you're doing as parenting, you know, raising them up, to honor the Lord and to serve the Lord in their relationship with the Lord. As we all know, consistency is a very, very vital role um, and is so important. Mm -hmm. Something else along those lines that I wanted to mention is as parents, you have to truly guard who has access to your children. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Not everybody is going to pour into your children what you would want your children to hear. And also taking that to a different, another level is I have to also help be the eyes and the ears and the gatekeeper of my children when they're young, when they're young. Now, as they get older, some of that responsibility delinquishes, but hear what I'm saying. 
not every movie and not every toy and not every video game mm-hmm. out there needs to have access to the mind and the heart and the soul of my child. Mm-hmm. I, I could share story after story on that, but if a toy does not promote the good things that I want my child to grow up believing in, then that toy has no business being in my home. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to you don't have to be afraid to be different. Correct. Um, that's good. And, and that's, that's good. A, a parent that wants to raise their kids in the things of God, they're gonna come against go against the stream or go against the flow. But that's good. I've always had this saying that it's great to be different when you know you're right. And sometimes you're going to have to go against the grain, like you just said. Mm-hmm. There's going to be, I mean, in our home and in our garage and in our vehicles, we constantly play Christian music and worship music. And we know that our kids have been raised on that. And we don't have to tell them, you know, when you were younger or even now, you know, go turn some music on. I mean, they'll turn it on immediately when they come to their rooms or whatever. And it's a part of their lifestyle. They, they live off of worship. They have their devotion time, their quiet time. And it's very important because the enemy wants to get into your kids at an early age through through either what you listen to or what you see. And you know, if, for example, you may you be, you got to be very careful who you let come into your home. Mm-hmm. The kids stay the night with you, or mm-hmm. or where you're going to let them stay the night with somebody because it only take one instance to open up that to give them a scene or take root through something that they heard that can contradict or just open up a, a door to things that cause confusion. And so it's always better. Uh, music is a huge thing. If you know, if you want to raise your kids up in the things of the Lord, you can't you can't say it's okay to listen to this, but yet you want them to walk the straight and narrow and, and you know, you gotta feed your faith with godly things, um, if that's what you want your kids to be to be like. And uh, it's it's gonna cost you something and it will cost them something, but the rewards far exceed. Now, now when we say that, we're not saying your kids are going to be perfect and we're not going to say the parents are going to be perfect. We all make mistakes. We're all on this journey and we're going to strive to do what's right, um, to do godly and biblical things. Um, there's things that we're going to do that, you know, if we would say, well, you know, I, I would do this differently if I would go back to this, you know, but we learn from that and ask God to forgive us and just, you know, we just, we just have to follow after the things of God um, read the Word and, and allow the Holy Spirit. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in everything that we do. I mean, I remember times where I would ask to go do something, yeah. and it, it was a it was a it was a no. And and I look back at it and I'm like, wow, you know, because in the moment as a kid, you're like, I want to go hang out with my friends, you know, I want right. to go to the mall, I want mm-hmm. I want to be in the car with this person, I want to go do this and that. And you know, your parents tell you no, and you're thinking that they're trying to keep you from fun. Or that mm-hmm. they don't know what they're talking about. Then the worst thing is, is I've been in your shoes before. And as <laughs> yeah. a kid, you don't want to hear that because <laughs> no. it's true. You know, you they yeah. have been in their shoes, but by the same token, there's wisdom that they've learned from yes. that. So I think in moments like that, here's, here's a question. How important is one, Dad, you mentioned uh, kind of setting the atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, in your home of who you let in, what you let in. Mm-hmm. How important is kind of a twofold question that I have. How important is setting the atmosphere in raising up children. And the second thing is, is how important, let's see how, how do I want to word this, how important is your atmosphere in your home, but also yes. I remember as a young age, uh, seeing you all doing things, you know, reading, praying, and hearing you all do this, and declaring mm-hmm. things, and not really understanding what it was, 
But I remember when I got older, I knew how to do it, not because I understood what you were doing, but simply because I saw you do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the twofold question that I have is how important is setting the atmosphere in your house? And how important is it allowing your children to see you worship, allowing your children to see you study, allowing your children to see you pray? What is that importance in being almost vulnerable in your relationship with God to your children? I think it's very important because you have to, you as the leader, the husband and the wife and the mother and father, you have to set the tone for your home and what's in your home because that's where you can control that whether it's in your vehicle together or wherever. And, you know, I, I, this, thing, this thing came to my mind. I remember you know, we, where you talked about where you people, your kids can see you, whether they're praying or reading the Word. And I, this picture came to my mind. I remember one time we went on a missions trip, and we were in um, Baja, Mexico. And we had, they would divide up into groups and they would say, okay, it's time for quiet time. And I kind of snuck up behind you and, and then Isaiah was doing his own thing. And I got a picture of you where you're sitting at this chair by yourself and you got the Bible open. And it's like, you know what? I'm looking back at what we were trying to invest in our kids, you know, 10 years ago. And yet we don't, we don't have to push them to do it. It's because they saw that and there, you know, the Bible says the willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. We don't have to push you to read the Bible. We don't have to push yeah. you to listen to worship music because it's a part of your lifestyle now. It's not something you turn off and turn on. Yeah. It's who you are. And um, I think starting at an early age, um, setting the tone in your home, movies. I know we, we didn't let certain games in our home, popular games. Um, we didn't, there's certain movies that we would watch and those kinds of things. And the good thing is, it wasn't like I had this idea and Becky had a different idea. The good thing about our relationship is we were both raised in, in a God-fearing, a godly home, which makes a huge difference. And that's another, that's another thing, you know, you know, your parents, we come together because we, we, we were both raised in church and that makes it a whole lot easier. And that's another, that's another topic, but it's just amazing, you know, how God put us together and um, it, it's just vitally important to, to raise your kids and let them see, you know, how things are done at an early age so that you don't have to kind of retrain them or reteach them. They, they've seen it before. I think in the atmosphere of setting a home is so important because, you know, the word tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. And the atmosphere and the words that are spoken in your home create that atmosphere of, I always wanted to, every decision I guess we made and things we did in our home was always with destiny and purpose. That was always in the back of our mind. It wasn't a decision that we were making in the moment. There was lots of prayer and thought into it is how, how will this affect their future and the destiny and the call of God on their life? And, you know, we also told our children, you brought up the example, Isaac, a moment ago is when wanting to go to other people's house. We never looked down at those people, maybe because they watched a certain movie or played with a, a toy or whatever. And we never would have our children look at them any other way as they were doing something bad because we didn't. We always told our children is your destiny and the purpose and the call of God on your life, you can't risk losing it for a short moment 
of an hour watching a movie that could infiltrate a thought in your mind that could bring forth an unhealthy emotion. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons why we were so guarded in keeping the atmosphere of your home. And I, I just want to take a moment right now. I just, I just feel this really strongly in my heart that maybe somebody's listening to this right now and you just feel defeated in what we're sharing because of your circumstance. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have been divorced. Maybe you are a single parent. Maybe you're a grandparent, aunt and uncle, or a guardian raising a child. It is never too late to make Mm -hmm. a difference in a child's life. You can start where you are. I don't Mm -hmm. care if they're in diapers, if they're a toddler, high school, middle school, or college, or even an adult you can still make a difference as, as a parent. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's something that you brought up earlier, Isaac, and I wanted to com- make a comment where you said that um, sometimes you wanted to go somewhere or Isaiah wanted to go somewhere and we said no, and you they come up with this question, well, why or why not? <laughs> and this is vitally important about being led by the Holy Spirit because sometimes you don't, have a, yeah, a reason good. why yeah, or why answer. not. It's mm-hmm. just it's just something, a tugging on the that still small voice on the inside. Of course when they're younger they don't they don't understand that. You have to give them a reason, so to speak. But you just have to follow the Holy Spirit and you have to teach them that, you know, I don't have an answer, but right now I don't have a peace about it. And I don't feel like the Holy Spirit, you know, is I feel like the Holy Spirit's nudging me and telling me um it's probably not a good idea. Um because the more you're obedient and you listen to that still small voice, the easier mm-hmm. it is for you Absolutely. to walk in life because you're being obedient rather than, well, Absolutely. I ignored that nudging and I let him go and something bad happened. You know, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. Right. There's something that, that you both said that I want to make a comment. Mom, you said you were talking about how um, that your words are powerful, that there's life, you know, and death in your tongue. And I just wanted to say, like, your words carry so much weight. Absolutely. There's yes. not only power behind them, but there's so much weight. So, and the thing about words is it's not like they don't carry weight until the child's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. It's not like they don't carry weight until they're 18. The moment they're born, whether they can yeah. speak Absolutely. or not, every word that you say, whether you're speaking it to your child, around your child, carries yes. weight. Yes. Uh, I, I have friends that, uh, are 30, 20 years old and still remember when a teacher in second grade embarrassed yes. them mm-hmm. or made Absolutely. fun of them. So that's just an example that mm-hmm. words carry weight despite yes. how old your child is. Absolutely. Um, and then it's something that I had a question to add on something that you were talking about, um, how you, you, you were both raised, mom and dad, you were both raised in a godly home. Mm-hmm. You come from a good heritage. What if there's someone listening right now and doesn't didn't have that heritage. Maybe yes. their parents they were raised in a single home, or maybe they were raised by their mom and dad, but it just wasn't a good environment. wasn't a Christian godly home. They don't know how to start. They don't know where to start. They don't know what that looks like. Um, they're maybe afraid to go against the grain because maybe family doesn't support that, but they feel like that's what they're supposed to do. What would you say to a mom, a dad, uh, a couple that that's trying to? start that that's almost starting a new legacy so to speak or a new heritage what what would you what would you say to them i would first start out by like you said letting them know that that it's okay to start now um no matter what their past is the bible says old things are passed away behold all things are become new and 
you can start where you're at and trust and believe God that, you know, he can redeem the time. You know, we, you know, there's things that maybe I've done in the past that I didn't like or, you know, I've always said, you know, if there's something I could do different when I was in high school, what would it be? I, I would be more of a verbal Christian rather than just, you know, walk in the walk. But I would rather talk the talk and tell people about Jesus rather than just, you know, trying to be a so-called goody tissue. Um, so you have to... You have to start somewhere, but like you said, it, it, it could be a little frustrating because you're behind the curve, but um, I think that starting out is, um, if it's with you and you don't know much about the Bible, don't try to start out with you know something really hard. You, you get a devotional and start doing a devotion in the morning and then start reading some in the Gospels. I wouldn't start in Deuteronomy or Exodus or anything like that, you know. <laughs> So you got to find out what did Jesus say. You know that's a, a that's an easy question, or I know it's a a phrase that anybody says. You know they used to have the bracelets. What would Jesus do? But that's so true. You know in this situation, and you don't know the Bible. What would Jesus do? And just walk in love, and just um, just start where you're at. Find find a Bible that you can read and understand. Uh, get in prayer groups. Um, get involved with the church outreach. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do, but right. you, like you said, you just have to start. I think another key, Isaac, is being transparent with your kids. And like Gary mm -hmm. mentioned and you mentioned, where do you start? Sometimes you start by gathering your family or children and say, you know, listen, our family's just not headed in a good place or we're going to make some changes or even apologizing to your kids. And as you know, I had to do that quite often growing up. Mm -hmm. um, letting your kids see you be transparent as to, you know, guys, you know, mom may have made a mistake, blah, 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 yelled or had a bad day and whatever and took it out on you guys. But today we're going to start a fresh and new. We're going to put some family practices in line. Mm -hmm. You know, there's the spiritual side of this, but there's also a practical side that in today's society, I think we forget, Isaac, because the society that we live in today is so fast-paced. Mm -hmm. Everything is instant gratification. And I think a lot of the old things that we were raised on, just time with your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, how many kids in America have ever experienced their parents taking them on a picnic? Mm -hmm. Or the guardian taking them on a picnic? Just that time, so time into your kids. Yeah. Listen, the old saying, the days are long and the years are short, man, it's true. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of all the opportunities in your life with children just to sow into them. Have fun, liven it up, do what you need to. And something that, as a parent, that's really vital and excuse me, sometimes can be really hard for a parent if you're not used to doing it, is if you've done something wrong, don't don't feel like you have to be so macho that especially to your children that you can't apologize to yeah, them. Absolutely. Because if they see that you can apologize to them, then later on in life they can apologize to their spouse. Yeah. But it's it's good for not only you but for your kids to to be able to apologize. You know what? I know I yelled at you this time or I did this and maybe I shouldn't have done it this way, but apologize. Let them know that you're real and, and that as a parent, you have to go through struggles in life, and it's not because you're the parent doesn't mean that everything's going to be done perfectly, and that helps them, you know, later on in life when mm -hmm. they become a parent. 
find other couples in your neighborhood, in your church, or, or a single parent type organization to have a good support system for yourself that you can call and say, hey, I'm dealing with this situation. You know, now make sure it's godly, wisdom-filled people that you're allowing to invest into you, but it truly does take a, a village. Um, reach out to people. Get nuggets of truth for, from them on how they raise their children and pray about it and see, you know, maybe take a nugget here, a nugget there, and apply it to how God wants you to raise your children. Because what worked for you know, this family here or this guardian here may not be the exact plan that God wants you to use for your child. That's so true, not only for different families, but different children. Oh, good I know, point, good point. <laughs> I know Absolutely. Up, ways that I was disciplined wouldn't work for Isaiah mm-hmm. and ways that he was disciplined wouldn't work for me, but mm-hmm. also spiritual things. Absolutely. How, how he took spiritual and practical things mm-hmm. wasn't the same way I did. So, mm-hmm. you know, you may have multiple children uh, or be a guardian over multiple children and don't don't become defeated if, you know, one of them receives it this way and the other doesn't. Doesn't don't, doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. You just have to find a different way Absolutely. for them to adapt or for them to receive. Uh, every single person's different. How they Absolutely. receive different. Uh, it's all different. So don't become defeated with that. Um and that comes by, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, but that comes by, again, the reference I made earlier about spending time, time with your children. Know your children. And you brought such a good point. The way that we agreed to discipline you being the firstborn mm-hmm. would not work on Isaiah because two totally different people mm-hmm. and two totally different calls of God on their life. Mm -hmm. Their personality and character traits were different. So we would have been bad parents to Mm -hmm. try to force the same disciplinary procedures on both of you. It took time in finding what makes you tick, what works with you as it did with your brother. Um, I think that's important, but that all falls back again on spending time with your children and getting to know them and what makes them tick. Yes. So something, and I know this is a funny saying, but you were talking about, you know, forcing discipline or forcing them to, to do things that, you know, you hear the saying, if you've been in church for any period of time, it's I had to drag my children to church. <laughs> I had to drag him. I had to drag her to church. What would you say to a family, mom or dad, a guardian, um, that maybe they're having a hard time getting their child to church? Um, they want to see their child in church, but maybe maybe the child is just having a hard time coming, and they don't want to force them into it. They don't want to drag them, so to say, into church. What would you say to someone like that that wants to get their children in church, wants to get their child involved in youth, wants to get their child just involved in church, but not really interested in coming? Where where do they start? How do they start? Well, think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Well, I think you you have to know the needs of your child. Like, for example, if I find out that there is a local ministry or church in my area that has a great um, outdoors ministry for little boys or young girls or whatever the case may be, I'm not going to drag, per se, my child who is into electronics or has other likes and desires and force him 
to hook up and go there. I have to find the likes of my children. I have to, there has to be a common denominator that's mm-hmm. going to draw them to be a part. And that may take a little work on, on the parent part. Um, I would encourage you to maybe ask your child, what is it that makes them feel like they don't want to? Yeah. Is there an outside source that is feeding into them why they should not go to church, why they should not accept the Lord as their Savior? Um, is there a hurt um, or of something that has taken place that causes them to not to want to run to God? Or there's something else that you could check into, possibly find out what the child's interests are and not necessarily uh, let them know. You could come in the back door, maybe check with the, the youth pastor and say, you know what? My child's interested in you know outdoors. Maybe my child's interested in fishing or whatever. So maybe go to the youth pastor and say, you know what, my child's interested in this. Is there any any worker or somebody that might be interested in, in, to, in doing this? And that could give them an avenue or an interest to get back involved in church. Yeah, so good. I think, That's good. I think that is big in finding, you know, a lot of times parents and church, you know, whatever the case may be, we we want to do things maybe we feel is right, but how about we find out what does the kid want? What does mm-hmm. the child want? What, what the does child the person want? in my youth group want? How can I how does the gospel fit in their interest? How does that how does that happen? Versus trying to make their interest fit into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so good. I think trying mm-hmm. to figure out how does the gospel, how does church, how does that fit into if they like fishing? Yeah, you know, take them out to fishing and use that opportunity yes. to, to minister. If they like basketball, hey, let's go to the gym. Let's play some basketball. Use that opportunity. Yes, you know if if they're like me and they like chicken, let's take them out to a restaurant and get some chicken and just talk. <laughs> so I think, like you said, you have to find and meet them where they're at, and uh, and understand their interests. And there's another question that I have uh, that I think is extremely important, and I don't think it's really talked about a lot. Um, and it is simply, what is the importance of a prayer covering over your children? What is the importance of praying over your children? And I don't necessarily mean uh, to where they can hear you, mm-hmm. to walking into their room and laying hands Absolutely. on them. Yeah, that's important. But yes. what's the importance of having a prayer covering over your children when, one, they don't even see it, two, they don't even know? What's the, what's the importance of... I guess, spiritual warfare, prayer covering over your children. It is vital. If there's anything as a parent that you must do for your child is pray over them. Because if you do not take that authority and cover them in prayer, there is an enemy out there that from the moment your child opens their eyes, even before, to begin their day, he has a plan. Yeah, He has things that he will try to use to kill, steal, and destroy from your children. And, you know, I've had people say, especially, you know, maybe a parent or guardian who has just recently accepted the Lord, and they're building and growing in their walk with the Lord and learning and have said, what do you mean by prayer covering, spiritual covering for my children? Start somewhere. Start by just saying, Lord, guide the steps of my child today. Mm-hmm. Lord, protect my child. Yeah. Start with the basics. And then as you grow in your walk with the Lord and your faith and you 
grow in the wisdom of the Lord, the Holy Spirit will give you specifics, directions, uh, things to specifically pray. You know, I didn't pray and neither did your dad pray the same prayer that we prayed when you were in elementary school, when you were in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the season of your life was totally different. So the, the prayer that we prayed here wouldn't quite be as effective at this season of your life. So again, and as I think we've touched base in different arenas tonight, is knowing your children, spending time with them, the season of their life that you're in, they're in will help direct you in how to pray and form a spiritual covering over them. Yes. And as they, as they get older, especially, like it seems like as they get older, the more opportunities yes. for the enemy to attack increases, for example, driving. Um, or, you know, when they get on a school bus or something, if your kids travel on the bus, just plead the blood of Jesus over their lives, you know, when they drive and, you know, wherever they go, their steps are ordered of the Lord and just just plead the blood of Jesus and safety and protection, watching care of them as they drive and guard, you know, protect them from, you know, when they're at school and protect, you know, protect them with whatever they're doing. Just plead the blood of Jesus over their lives in every situation. And listen, if, if you're walking and learning in your faith and you don't know a lot of scriptures, Google scriptures that talk about perfect protection. There'll be a ton of them. And, and just read those scriptures every morning and insert your child's name that, you know, Isaac will walk uprightly today. Isaac will make right choices. Mm-hmm. Put your child in that scripture and, you know, start by reading those out loud. Yes. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I agree with you. I, you know, we just need to, you know, you need to make it personal. Um, generic, don't just say generic prayer. You, you specifically, like Becky said, put their, put your child's name in there. God, I ask that you watch over Isaac today as he's in a wrestling match or, or God, I ask you watch over this person while they're doing this. And just not only to protect them, but to give them words. If someone would come up and ask him a question, just give them favor in every situation. So it's a long, it's a long journey, and like Becky said, our ch- our prayers may change, but the important part is mm-hmm. that you're praying, and mm-hmm. just it's a it is a covering, it you know, and it's scriptural. And there may be somebody listening to this podcast now or at a later date, and maybe your children are in a season of their life where, you know, maybe they're in drugs or alcohol, and as a parent, you're like. How can I pray for them in the current situation that they're in? I don't care what situation your children are in, you pray for them. You speak good over them. You speak the word of God over them. You bombard the throne room on the behalf of your children. No matter circumstances can never change the effectiveness of a praying parent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. amen. Never. The importance of praying for your children, no matter what season of life and whatever the circumstances are, never changes. It's something that I believe God calls a parent to do. Praying praying over your kids or over your spouse for that matter, but praying over somebody is being proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can there's a lot of things that we will never know what we were protected from because we prayed protection versus not doing it and finding out, you know, wow, this person was hurt in a car wreck or whatever. 
you know, or this person lost a job because I didn't pray over them, you know, to do the make right choices or whatever it is. There's a lot of different choices and scenarios, but just praying over them can can protect them over things that we will never know what. Yeah, I think there's two things that I want to kind of tag along. The first one is, I think one thing, I and my wife, Micah, she actually showed me this. There's a, there's a person that she follows on Instagram, and uh, th- this person has two children. They have a boy and a girl. And every single morning uh, when she wakes her child up, she does what she calls affirmations. Mm-hmm. And it's simply... Yeah her having her children repeat affirmations on who they are. Yes. So she'll wake her child up and, and say, uh, the boy's name, his name is Ari, and they'll say, Ari, say, I am chosen, and he'll say it. That's and then good. they'll say, I am loved, and then they'll say it. Or I am a child of God, and then they'll say it. And That's it's good. simply at a young age, yes. them understanding who they are before they even have an option to choose who Absolutely. they are. Absolutely. That's so good. I think as a young age, instilling identity in them mm. because society will give them identity Absolutely. if they don't have one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, society today will even try to tell you what gender you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So identity being instilled as a young age Absolutely. is extremely vital, uh, whether it is, you know, reading scripture to them, praying mm-hmm. to them, doing affirmations, letting them know who they are. And then to kind of tag along with what you all were saying about a prayer covering is, is, and Dad, you kind of mentioned this is you know there there are times when you pray in the spirit or you're praying you know just scripture mm-hmm. and you may not see your fruit or your you know results of prayer yeah. in that moment because you could be praying for something right now you know praying for protection right now and the prayer that you're praying right now keeps keep your child from a car wreck yeah. that's going to happen 10 years from now yeah so me praying now isn't necessarily keeping them from doing something right now it's prayer covering for now and later yeah and you know i remember times when growing up when i'm thinking about doing something stupid and getting ready to go react on it but there was just something that kept me from it yeah there was something that kept me from acting and, and thinking that's about good. it i can go back and think you know what i'm sure at that time my parents or somebody was praying for me mm-hmm. or they were praying for a situation like this in the past and it kept me from doing something yes. stupid. So a prayer covering. And I think that when you, when you think of prayer and you think of children, the enemy is always after your seed. Absolutely. Yes. The reason yes. he's after your seed is because every seed is attached to soul mm-hmm. and every soul is attached to a generation. Mm-hmm. So the quickest way the enemy can take out a generation mm-hmm. is to take out a seed. Yeah. So if he can take out a seed, he can take out a people. Yes. So the enemy is after a people, mm-hmm. a particular person. He's not after me because my name is Isaac. That's right. He's not That's after right. you because your name is Gary. He's not after you because your name is Becky. He's That's after right. you because there's a call in your life. Absolutely. The enemy yes. could care less about your name. Absolutely. He cares that you've said yes to the call. Yes. And Absolutely. if he can take you away from your call, he'll do whatever he can. Mom, you mentioned, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, his purpose isn't to steal, kill, and destroy me, right. but to steal, kill, and destroy my destiny. Yes. yes. So he'll kill, steal, and destroy whatever it takes to kill my destiny. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So I think that's where, where prayer comes in. Is I'm not just covering Isaac. I'm covering his destiny. I'm Absolutely. covering his future. I'm covering yes. his call. So when you, you have to look like, when you're praying over someone, it's hard, it's hard, you know, if they're making mistakes, it's hard, man, like, 
gosh, they keep messing up, and it's hard yes. to pray, but you have to look beyond their mistakes, beyond their shortcomings, and see the destiny and the call in life, yes. and cover that. You're not covering them, you're covering the call that yeah. is within them. Yes. Yeah, but if he can hinder, if he can hinder, like you said, it's not you, but if he can hinder you from what you're supposed to do, it will hinder the fruit that you're supposed to produce, or yeah. like you said, the seed that you're supposed to produce. And a lot of times, when we pray, like you said, it could be for that moment or it could be mm-hmm. a month from now. You're praying and investing seeds that that is being sowed into somebody, you know, to manifest later on, whether it's to, to protect them now or protect them down the road. Yeah. And as a parent, knowing that our prayers never fall mm-hmm. upon deaf ears is comforting. To know that every time we pray, we have a Heavenly Father who is hearing those prayers and is putting in, sending His angels yes. to take care and disperse whatever we need for that moment. I'm reminded of the scripture, and I jotted it down, the effectual, fervent yeah. prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. In the New Living Translation, that says, Your prayers have great power mm-hmm. and produces wonderful results. Yes. That's a promise from God yes. that if we take the time to sincerely seek him on behalf of our children, our prayers have great power and will produce wonderful results. That's a Amen. promise. Yes, absolutely. So clearly we see in everything that we just talked about about covering is a prayer covering is not up for discussion. It's yes. not a debate. No. Should Absolutely. I do it? Should I not do it? Clearly, we see that a prayer covering is vital. Yeah. Yes. If you want your children to not only survive in today's culture, yes. but to thrive yes. and Absolutely. to fulfill everything that they're called to do, whether it be at school, at work, at church, in daily living, mm. they have, listen, listen everybody, they have to have a prayer covering. Absolutely. Yes. So if you don't have a prayer covering right now over your children, there's no need to think that you have failed. Mm-hmm. Start now. Yes. The greatest yes. moment is right now to start. Yes, yes. Now you know the importance of it. So what you do from here says how you value prayer. Because yes. maybe to this point you didn't know the importance of prayer covering. Now you have information. Now you have revelation. Now you have knowledge. So let's apply it. I think sometimes the, the hardest thing about prayer is obviously it's a daily thing that we should do and we desire to do, but sometimes you feel like you're just going through the motions because you're just praying, but you're you don't you may not see fruit immediately. And it like you said, you're investing in the future of your children or your spouse or whatever, or or if you're praying over something or you're believing God for something, but it's a continual thing, and you can't just say, well, I'm just going to pray tomorrow, and if it doesn't work a week from then, you know, I know prayer doesn't work. You know, it's it's very important that we just continue to pray, even if we don't see immediate, immediate results. So kind of to conclude uh, to this podcast, I'm going to kind of like, we're just going to kind of highlight some of the important topics. So if you're listening right now, we'll just kind of remind you, you know, of kind of like a quick summary uh, so to speak, is some things we've talked about. So what are some things, real quick, if you're taking notes, you, they can just write down and jot real quick, of the importance of how to raise uh, their children in, in today's society? 
vision, having a plan on how you're going to raise your children. It's so important. If you don't have a plan, the world will. Be consistent in keeping your kids in church. Um, Whether they like it or not, just keep them involved. And, you know, just keep them involved in in youth or children's church or whatever it is and, and just help them that way. Help them in establishing a relationship with Jesus Christ. That should be foremost the most important thing. With that foundation, um, they can never go wrong. Be transparent before them. Let them see you pray. Let them see how you respond to different things. You know, if, if it's a tragedy in your family or someone you know, you know, show them how to pray. Uh, just let them see Christ in th- and through you at home, not just at church or Sunday school. And I think to kind of sum it up, Love your kids. Spend time with them. Listen to them. Pray for them. Just be who you are with them. Just enjoy the time. Yeah, I think think one thing to kind of like you just said, be your real self. Yes. If there's anything I know about my generation and the generations, you know, after me. Yes. We can see fake from uh, 100 miles away. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, we know what real genuine love feels and looks like. Yes. Absolutely. And you will never be able to reach your children, never be able to minister to your children if you're fake. Yes. Be who you are. Let them know your flaws. Let them know what you worked on. Share share your testimony with them. Let them know what God has done for you. Be real. Because if they can see, you know what, he did this for my my dad, he did this for my mom, and he's no respecter of person, then you know what, he can do that for me. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, I know I have friends who... Uh, you know, they begin to tell their parents, like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with anxiety. And then their parent begins to tell them, I actually used to deal with depression. I used to deal with anxiety. Here's how I overcame it. Next thing you know, you just have a moment where God can show up. Yes. Why? You were being transparent. You were Absolutely. being vulnerable. You were setting the atmosphere in your home for yes. transparency. Yes. Um, so I don't know about you all, but I have had a good time on here. Absolutely. Um, and... It, we have one purpose for this, one goal for this, Absolutely. and it is simply to see families be healthy. Yes. yes. Families that will become healthy at that moment. Dad, this is what I was kind of talking to you today. Uh, I think the next move of God will happen when families become healthy. Yes. Absolutely. 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 I, I firmly believe they that. Take their place. And when families become healthy, churches become healthy. Yes. Absolutely. And when the church becomes healthy... There is no telling what God's going to do. Revival. So if you want a move of God, start right at home. Mm-hmm. Start with your children. Start with your spouses and watch God move. Yes. Amen. So, man, what a what a great time we had today. <laughs> listen. Thank you. You can, obviously, if you're listening right now, you know how to listen to it. You can listen to this on the iTunes podcast, Apple podcast, or as well as Google podcast. So uh, share this. Let everybody know. They can watch on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and uh, share this with your friends. Let them know uh, that, that God is really wanting to speak yes, to them. Yes. If you know someone that is raising children that may be having a hard time, mm-hmm. uh, this would be perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just send them the link. Send them how to get it. Uh, listen, we're, we're not here for anything else, like I said, but to see families become healthy. Yes. There's no other motive in this. We just want to see the kingdom of God invade families yes so thank you all so much for tuning in today we hope that at some point today your family will be changed forever because of something that you heard today 
Uh, we love each of you. Thank you all for tuning in, and God bless.